Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Save the Track Bike. On today's episode, I have Tegan Cochran. She is a champion track cyclist out of Canada, a former hockey player and soccer player. Now she's racing Red Hook Crit with Team Stanridge, Roly Poly Productions. It was a fun conversation. We talk about a lot of things from her history with hockey and sport in general, how she got into cycling, how she got into fixed gear cycling, and what she's excited about this year racing Red Hook and Mission Crits, and also her new road crit team, Crit Nasty. So enjoy this episode. I thoroughly did. Tegan's a really rad person. Let's get into this conversation. Uh, hi, my name is Tegan Cochran. I am a fixed gear cyclist from Vancouver, Canada. So tell us a little bit about, so you kind of have, my understanding is you have a little bit of a different history than anybody else I've had on this show that you come from hockey, right? I do. So I was a hockey player for 16 years before I got into cycling. I was also a soccer player for 10 years. So That worked really well growing up because I would play hockey in the winters and soccer in the summertime. Um, And so, yeah, that's what I grew up doing. I come from a big hockey family. My dad was a professional hockey player for 10 years. And so it was just in my blood. And, yeah, I played for 16 years um, until I tore my ACL for the first time in 2009. And I had my reconstruction surgery. And shortly after, I tore my ACL again for the second time. And that uh, effectively ended my hockey career. And I decided to um, sort of put all of my attention into my academics at the time. So were you, did you like grow up cycling at all? Or was, was it just kind of something you found afterwards? I grew up uh, like ripping around on my bike like most kids uh, with my friends and I was sort of a tomboy so I had two close guy friends that we would always ride bikes and I'm from a place called Kelowna, British Columbia and it's in a valley so there's beautiful mountains and hills and uh, my friends and I would just go escape into the mountains and sort of rip our bikes around and um, build jumps and I would cycle to and from school but never anything serious. I mean, I used my bike to get to the beach and I never thought I would be a competitive cyclist. I really wasn't exposed to any competitive cycling growing up. Um, It wasn't until I moved to Calgary and I was um, doing my business degree that I got my first road bike. Uh, And that was when I sort of dipped my toes into the cycling world. Um, And that all started, I guess, in 20... 13 was when I got my first road bike. What attracted you to it? Cycling had been my rehab after I tore my ACL. Um, I would get on the bike and I remember I was in so much pain and I would just get on and start spinning and it would help with uh, my mobility and it was non-weight bearing so I could do it for hours and be comfortable. And eventually I just started to fall in love with cycling and When I got the road bike, I decided I would use that as a way to explore the city. So I would hop on my bike and go see whatever I needed to see. And I learned um, all about the city of Calgary and its surrounding area um, via bike. So 
I found myself sort of racing down hills and and going off the red light or off the green light trying to race cars and and I just loved going fast. I've always been sort of a I guess you could say like a little bit of a thrill seeker or speed demon. Um, after I had retired from hockey, I tried a couple different sports. I did skeleton, which is, um, you know, it's a sledding sport on ice. It's an Olympic sport. I would go head first on a sled down this crazy hill at a hundred K an hour. And, uh, that was a bit too intense for me, but I've definitely always liked extreme sports and going fast. So the bike was sort of a natural fit for me, and that is how I gravitated towards sprinting right off the start. I thought, well, I want to be the fastest girl on a bike, and how am I going to do that? I guess sprinting is the way. So I didn't know about track cycling or even think about track cycling until I was traveling, um, and I rode my first track in Invercargill, New Zealand in, I guess, 2015. What attracts you to track cycling specifically? When I first saw the track in Invercargill and I got on the bike, I loved how simple the bike was. It was clean. The lines were clean. There was no brakes. It was easy to understand for me. And I liked the idea of racing a strategic race and having that sort of adrenaline aspect of it like the the steep walls and and going really fast and and so when I rode the track I I got on and I went for about a two-hour session I mean I just rocked up to the track and I went into the office and nobody was around and I paid twenty dollars and this really nice gentleman uh came down and he ended up teaching me the ins and outs of track cycling for about two hours, just him and I. And he said to me at the end of the session, he said, okay, so, you know, the top girls in the world are doing these times in a flying 200 and why don't you get up and go try one? And at this point I was a traveler. I was out of shape. I <laughs> was in my jeans and I had my Nike sneakers on. And I mean, I just, I was just excited and I went up and I did a flying 200 meter and it was shaky and it was exhilarating and I just fell in love with it. And two weeks later, I came back to Canada and I called Team Canada and I said, listen, this is my sporting history. Um, I had reached a high level in both soccer and hockey and I just still had that competitive drive in me. I wanted to be an athlete and... Um, I think I put my Olympic dream uh, in sort of my back pocket after hockey didn't work out. And I saw track cycling as a way to sort of fulfill that. And I thought, well, this is exciting. I'm going to give it a go. So I did that. And I started driving from my hometown to Vancouver, which is about a four-hour drive. So I would drive to Vancouver on a Friday I would train, I would race on Saturday, Sunday, I would drive back and get back to school for Monday morning. Um, and I did that for about, I guess, a year, learning how to track cycle. And throughout that time, I had just sort of dedicated myself to sprinting. 
And I went to my first national championships in September of 2016. That's incredible. Yeah, so you have you have a lot of success in track cycling. So I kind of want to track that history, like maybe some of your favorite stories or your favorite memories. or. Yeah, so the timeline is I went to my first uh, national championships in September 2016, and I focused specifically on sprint races. So I did four races. I did team sprint, the match sprint, Kieran and standing 500. And I mean, it was, it was an incredible experience and I managed to get on the podium in all four events, which, uh, was amazing. And that sort of captured the attention of the national team. So a few months later I had gone to an integration camp for team Canada And based on my performance there, I was invited full-time into the program, and I moved to Milton, Ontario to train at the National uh, Cycling Center in January of 2017. So now we are in in 2018, and I spent the whole last year uh, training in Milton, and I had just decided that I needed to make a change. And now I'm in Vancouver. But the highlights of my track cycling career were uh, racing at international races. I got to go to T-Town, Pennsylvania last summer. I went to Portugal. I went to Switzerland. I went to Trinidad and Tobago. Um, And these were all incredible places. And I met so many cool people. and, And I would have to say that the best race I got to do was the World Cup in December uh, 2017. I mean, that was an incredible experience. I was standing there with the Canadian skin suit on, and I just thought, wow, this is really happening. I'm representing (laughs) my country. And I just felt so proud. And although the results were not what I was looking for, it didn't really matter because I just felt proud of myself and proud of my team. And and I just put – Uh, my best foot forward. And I think that's something I always try and do when I'm cycling is just try my best and, you know, um, have realistic expectations and just go out and, you know, do my very best. (laughs) Yeah. I hear that from a lot of people that kind of, uh, some of the best memories or the best races aren't necessarily the ones you win, but it's just like the whole experience that surrounds it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I did my second national championships, uh, last September and I won a few gold medals and became a national champion. And I look back and I don't think those podium moments were the best. I look back and I think about my team sprint partner, Lorianne Genet. And I just think, well, how incredible is it that I get to be teammates with somebody from across Canada? She's from Quebec. And I just remember rolling up on the rollers with her and just being so excited to compete with one another and just having that connection of a teammate and knowing that you're going out there to do the best, not just for yourself, but for this other person. I mean, it's so motivating and inspiring. And, uh, those are the moments I definitely look back on and think, okay, that's, that's what it's all about. It's not about being a national champion or, um, you know, getting on the podium in international races. It's about the experiences, the people that you meet and doing your best. And for me, I was always just wanting to know what my limits were as an athlete. Uh, I still want to know. And I think that's what, what attracts me to 
um, new experiences is I just want to see what it's like and, and how I can do. So uh, that sort of is what drawn me to the Red Hook Crit. I mean, it's a new experience and I, uh, it's a middle distance discipline. And that's what I'm most excited about because I really struggled with sprinting. Uh, although it was sort of a natural fit for me, I do have a lot of endurance uh, and that comes from my background in hockey and soccer. I mean, both of these games are over an hour long. And, and so, yes, I specialize in having a strong sprint, but I'm also able to maintain, um, you know, maintain my energy for quite a while. So I'm excited for the Red Hook Crit for sure. I think it's going to be the perfect discipline for me. Yeah. So let's uh, go into that then. How did, uh, this opportunity like open up for you what attracted you to red hook how did you hear about it like all that stuff (laughs) okay so about two years ago um adam at stanridge had reached out to me regarding the red hook crit and right away i was so excited i wanted to do it um like i said earlier i'm really into extreme sports and i just thought it it looked like an incredible experience and the people who were doing it, it just looked like a ton of fun. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to race for Adam because of my commitments with Cycling Canada. Um, And so I sort of put it on the back burner, but I never forgot about it. Um, And then when I had decided that I was going to make a change with my cycling in January um, 2018, so just a couple months ago, the first person I thought to talk to was Adam. And I had messaged him and we spoke over the phone and I just said, I would love to do the Red Hook Crit. And do you have any spots available for this season? And um, luckily he did and he signed me on. And now here we are preparing for our first race. And we start at the Mission Crit in San Francisco on April 21st. And then we hop right over to Brooklyn for uh, the first Red Hook series race on the 28th of April. So, I mean, it's all happened very quickly, but I feel so confident in the team I'm going with and, um, I have no worries, no concerns whatsoever. I'm just excited about the future. Yeah. So what about, um, Red Hook is getting you the most excited just as far as like, uh, the courses or, or, just like the atmosphere in general. Oh, the how incredible does the atmosphere look? I mean, it just oh, yeah. looks it looks like riot. I'm so excited. I mean, the, I'm really looking forward to meeting the people. Everybody is so passionate about what they're doing and supportive and it just looks like a great community to be a part of. And so I would say that is what I'm most excited for. Second to that is the length of the race. I think it's going to be a perfect distance distance for um for me and i will really be able to utilize my strengths uh in a 45 minute race so i'm really excited about that and i have the advantage of coming from a fixed gear background i mean i've basically been on a track bike for the past three years non-stop so i'm really comfortable uh handling a track bike turning on a track bike being close to others I think that is the biggest thing with sprinting, especially Um, the Kieran race is my favorite and you're getting shoulder to shoulder with girls and you have to be able to keep your line and be safe and 
be very strategic and aware of what's going on around you. And this is what I'm coming from. So uh, that's going to play to my advantage for sure. Um, yeah, I'm just excited to get out there and do my best and race with these incredible, strong women. Yeah, I think it's going to be really cool to see how the whole Stanridge team does. Like Adam seems to have put together like a really, yeah, everybody's kind of excited to see what you guys do. <laughs> he has put together an incredible team. And not to mention your bike is gorgeous. <laughs> oh my gosh. I am so excited for my bike. I have never been so excited in my life to receive anything. I I mean, it's beautiful. It is it, it just feels like me in bike form. He really nails it, especially with the paint job. I mean, I love sparkles. <laughs> I said that too. I said, Adam, I love sparkles. So, <laughs> um, yeah, he definitely made a beautiful bike and not just um, good looking, but it's, it's going to run really smooth. And the way that he builds his bikes is – yeah, pretty different, and I think that it's going to play to our advantage when we get out on the circuit. Yeah, we got to talk on the phone for a little while and kind of nerd out about the bikes before he built them. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm really jealous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does incredible work. I'm really excited to get on my, my first standard bike, and hopefully it's the first of many. For sure. Have you – so do you have it? It's coming right now. Nice. nice. I, sent, I sent the address yesterday to Adam. Um, I need to go pick my bike up in the States because crossing the border is kind of a pain. So yeah. luckily I live an hour away from uh, a place called Bellingham, Washington. So I'm going to pick my bike up there and I am going to get on it and I'm going to set up a mock circuit nearby and I'm just going to get on it and start turning corners and you know, just get a feel for it and tweak it so it fits me perfectly. I mean, there's no doubt that it's going to fit me perfectly. He has all my measurements and has made it, so I'll basically just slide right onto it. So uh, all I'll have to do is sort of adjust my saddle and, you know, just put my pedals on and get comfortable. And, I mean, yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of – I uh, wanted to get into what you're doing to prepare for – like, do you have a history with riding fixed gear bikes on the street or do you, is that kind of something that's like a learning curve a little bit? Yeah. I mean, that's going to be a bit of a learning curve. I have definitely transported a few bikes on the road and have put myself into some interesting situations, but I've always been very comfortable and confident on my bike. So yeah, I think I'm going, I am obviously have my training plan um, that's incorporating a lot of uh, track workouts, gym workouts, yoga, power watts studio. Um, so I'm not worried about that aspect, but I definitely want to get on my bike. And that's why I'm so happy Adam's sending it to me a few weeks earlier. So I can just get comfortable and get on, on the street and rip around a little bit. But um, yeah, the prep is going well so far. Obviously, we have an incredible team and a diverse team. We have Brandon, Jake, and Evan, who are also who are the male riders. And the support team is incredible. I mean, the sponsors that Adam has put together, like Roly Poly Productions and Rafa and all these incredible people, um, everyone is helping to prepare us. And I, I feel so calm and confident 
going into these races, which is, I mean, what every athlete dreams of. You, you want to be a part of a team that is giving you the confidence to just focus on your race. And, and that's the position I'm in. So I feel really lucky. Yeah. I love, I love Rafa. I just have to say that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're the, their, uh, products are incredible. Uh, I'm really excited because I would never <laughs> at this point in my life, not be able to afford the clothes that they have. <laughs> So I feel pretty lucky to be uh, getting some some cool stuff from them for sure. I'm Fairly. not sponsored by Rafa, but I have. I was saying I have their like bottom of the line, quote unquote, core line. You yeah, know, it's like 165 dollars for the jersey and the bib shorts, which is not yep. bad. And it's not bad. That's a, that's affordable. Yeah, and it's not the and it's like the most comfortable kit that I've ever worn. <laughs> Yeah, but, very high quality products. Yeah, yeah. to uh, I digress though. <laughs> <laughs> so the team is all put together. You're preparing for the races. Mission Crit's the first one. What are you looking forward to? Well, Mission Crit is going to be interesting because this will be my first fixed gear crit race. <laughs> so. I'm not peaking for the mission crit. I'm going to be peaking for Brooklyn. So I'm using it as sort of an introduction to uh, the crit world and sort of get my bearings. And I'll definitely be uh, racing my heart out. I always do. But um, I want to use it as a good opener. And it'll be nice to have the team around and we can sort of get into our groove and figure out how everything's going to work. And um yeah just getting out and racing i'm so excited i love racing <laughs> nice yeah i love mission crit i've actually never even been but the organizers have uh both been on my podcast don't they do a fantastic job they really do and then claire uh who's james wife and james started the mission crit um she's just doing such an amazing job as far as like you know, supporting women cycling, which is really exciting and supporting like trans cyclists and all this stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's incredible. Yeah. We had a whole episode it's about it's such an inclusive community. Exactly. And I, I love that. I'm attracted to that for sure. Um, yeah. The mission crit is going to be a great first race to be a part of. So, yeah, I just let the announcer Katie, uh, who will be announcing your race and then Claire, uh, I just let them basically like take over my last episode of my podcast and yeah. <laughs> and it was really cool just cause I was just sitting there listening to them talk about the women's field and, and all that stuff. And it was, yeah, it was one of my favorite episodes so far. Oh, I, great. I just love it. I think it's such a rad thing that you get to start there. <laughs> yes. I think so as well. That's awesome. Yeah. So in all of your it's travels, everybody, Oh yeah, hey. for sure. <laughs> Yeah, so in all of your travels, uh, where would you say your favorite place to ride is? Before Christmas, I went to Portugal for some races, and it was so beautiful, and there was just rolling hills, and I wanted to be on my road bike a lot more, um, but unfortunately, as a sprinter, I was sort of limited to the amount of time I could spend on the road, so... 
that's really exciting for me transitioning now into endurance riding. But aside from Portugal, I'm going to have to say my hometown of Kelowna, BC. It is a massive cycling community. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with the name Eddie Merckx. Oh, yeah. But his son, Axel Merckx, is in Kelowna. And so there is a massive road community. There's tons of rides. And the um, people of Kelowna are so respectful of cyclists. And I think that changes your whole experience uh, when you're out on the road riding. When you feel comfortable on your bike and that cars are going to be respectful and give you your space, uh, it makes the, the riding that much more enjoyable. So that definitely affects my decision of my favorite place to ride. And uh, luckily now I'm only four hours away from my hometown, so I can pop over for some riding this summer. And there's also over 350 wineries in, the, in my hometown. So. <laughs> I mean, popping off at a winery mid-ride doesn't sound like the worst thing. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> right? It's like a little Italy, so. That's Our amazing. Friend. Yeah, we just had a new winery open on one of my favorite rides from my house. I can ride yeah. down to Deer Creek Canyon, which is a good climb. Mm-hmm. And round trip, it's about 70 miles for me. Hey, which nice. is like That's a good that's a good ride. Absolutely. And about 75% of the way through when I'm on my way home, they just opened this new winery and they make, they have the best wines. They're so good. Right. Wine is incredible. I mean, wineries should be the new coffee stop. That's what I think. I agree. <laughs> Especially cause like I work in coffee and I drink way too much of it that it's nice. Oh, to... do you? Oh, I <laughs> love coffee. Yeah. It's nice to like stop and have something that, you know, brings me down a little bit before yeah. I get home. <laughs> Exactly. It's incredible, the coffee culture in cycling. Oh, yeah, it's I mean, huge. Even on the national team, like people treat coffee as a part of their training plan, which is crazy. I mean, people are taking it at strategic times and using caffeine as a, you know, sort of as a training supplement. Yeah, it's like a mild form of doping. <laughs> yeah, like very, very mild. <laughs> I need to be woken up for the second session of the day. So you got to take your coffee, for sure. grind your beans. I mean, everyone's pretty particular and, and they take it with them when they travel their entire coffee setup. So yeah, absolutely. I have my friend, Steve, he manages the Rafa store in Boulder. Yeah. And yeah, I just love having coffee there. It's just like the mm-hmm. perfect atmosphere for it. <laughs> Isn't it? coffee and bikes they just go together so well yeah and then wine after the ride or and then wine after the ride yeah let's tap on a winery after yeah or at least (laughs) when you're close to going home (laughs) when you're like five miles away yeah exactly um that's really funny yeah i just love uh hearing people's stories about like where they love riding and stuff just because i think it's like part of what I like to do with this podcast is just kind of get to know the people, you know, so it's not just about racing. So yes, yeah. absolutely. I love hearing about that. Cause you said you got to travel a bunch after hockey and before cycling started where you're some. Of... Yeah. yeah. So I went to Australia, Southeast Asia and New Zealand and, um, every city that I went, I would get a bike and, 
riding in Australia was beautiful, except the drivers are a bit crazy. Yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're totally nuts. Um, but still, the landscape was incredible. Um, if you're okay cycling in the in the heat, then I would say Australia is definitely up there. It's a beautiful country. Um, Southeast Asia was a little bit different. Obviously, the roads aren't as great, but you sort of get a little bit more of a gravel ride, and that's fun in its own respect. So that was great. And then New Zealand, um, I, I always compare New Zealand to Canada. It's very much Canada's southern hemisphere twin. Uh, so I felt really at home when I was cycling in New Zealand. There's this beautiful city called Wanaka, and when I was coming into Wanaka, it felt so much like home. So I ended up staying there and riding around, and uh, it was just beautiful. And this world is filled with incredible places, and I want to see them all on my bike. So <laughs> that's one of the things to do. Yeah, one of my dreams is just to go, like – for a couple weeks and go ride around Japan and oh, yes, Japan looks amazing. Yeah. I just read a, there was an article in bicycling magazine about this guy's trip to Japan. And I was just like, Oh, so jealous. <laughs> yeah. That sounded yeah. amazing. And I want to ride around Iceland as well. Oh, Iceland. <laughs> yes. That is, I haven't looked into the cycling there, but I really wanted to get sort of like a camper van and cruise around. It looks beautiful. For sure. Just like the landscape is amazing. The waterfalls and the mountains and yeah, I've never yeah. had a friend go to Iceland and not just post the most like Epic FOMO photos. pictures on Instagram. <laughs> like how is this place even real? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to do that over in Europe. I haven't spent a ton of time in Europe actually. So I would love to cruise around France and mm -hmm. yeah. So my family all originates from France. Uh, I'm forgetting the name of it right now, but it's in the Alps somewhere and it just looks beautiful. And one of my friends in Denver, who's from France just told me that that place is like where people go to vacation and apparently yeah. that's where my family's from so i need oh, to go that's amazing yeah you probably look into finding um a distant cousin that you can stay with and just go ride around forever exactly i'll be like hey i'm your like really american uh texas cousin so Perfect. <laughs> give me some culture <laughs> yeah i'm sure they'll open you welcome you with open arms <laughs> i would hope so how is the riding in the states uh, it's amazing in Colorado for sure. Yeah. Uh, we have amazing climbs here. We have amazing mountains. We have, uh, some really secluded spots. Cause like, I probably don't have the build to be a climber, but I love it anyway. Yeah. I just think it's fun. <laughs> I don't, I definitely don't have the build to be a climber. I'm a, I'm stronger. I'm more of a sprinter. Yeah. Um, middle distance. So Yeah. <laughs> But I admire the climbers. The, their ability to just shoot up those hills is impressive to me. Oh, I agree. Just watching like Phil Guyman or somebody just like, yeah, just it's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. They just look like they're dancing. For sure. Yeah. So, what are you listening to when you're in the gym right now? <laughs> Music-wise. Yeah. Or so, podcasts, either. Or, or. podcasts. <laughs> um, okay, so. I actually don't 
have headphones on in the gym. Um, and this has been something that's happened over the past year. I just really like to be sort of present in my environment and uh, working with my teammates. And I'm usually at the gym with at least one other person. So um, I like to communicate and have conversation and sort of uh, analyze my technique and talk about it with my teammates. So I don't usually listen to music. There's definitely overhead music playing through speakers, but I, uh, I definitely don't jump in to be the DJ, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I like upbeat music that gets me going and I'm definitely going to make a playlist for the, for the Red Hook crit. So when I'm warming up on rollers, I can, I can get into it, but I just like to absorb what's going on in my environment. To be honest, that gets me pumped up. <laughs> Absolutely. I've been feeling that a lot more lately too. So. Yeah, I mean, we're just so obsessed with technology and we're on our phones constantly. And I find when I'm doing something where I really want to pay attention to my body, I just like to be completely present and aware of that and not be distracted by technology. It's the same when I'm riding. I don't want to have my headphones in. I want to hear everything that's going on and just, yeah, absorb it and be present, especially with the people I'm with. Absolutely. Um, I, I love writing with people cause yeah, you just get that camaraderie, I guess, but I don't, yeah. I do wear headphones when I'm writing by myself, <laughs> but yeah. only in one ear. <laughs> yeah. Only in one ear. I hope so. And usually it's like background music. I don't, I don't, I don't want anything to distract me too much. I just like yeah. to, I just like to have that like atmosphere, I guess. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I'm at home, on rollers or on a trainer and just trying to push out a workout and it's a grind, then music will definitely help me through that. Yeah. So beyond like Red Hook and Mission, uh, what else are your plans for 2018 as far as cycling? Are you doing much uh, so track cycling or road or? Yeah. So I'm, I'm still training on the track. I only live a kilometer away from my home track, which is fantastic, but um, I'm racing on a crit team called crit nasty here in Vancouver. So it's a group of 11 amazing women and I'm just going to be, I mean, diving headfirst into the crit scene. So that is my top priority. There is a, the tour of Dairyland. Have you heard of it? Yep. Yeah. So my team is talking about going to that. That might be a possibility for me. Um, they actually have a fixed gear category at, uh, the tour of Dairylands in Milwaukee and in Chicago. Oh, really? And a lot of the big, a lot of the, like, I would say maybe not this year, they're big teams, but kind of like some of the older teams like mash and state bicycles and stuff, they all go out to, to these races and they've been attracting some pretty good talent. It's been pretty interesting to see. That is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, uh, I'm, I'm wanting to leave my schedule a bit flexible so that I can go to a race if I want to or change my plan. I think I've just been in such a structured environment over the past year, and I just wanted to loosen up a little bit and have flexibility and fluidity in my life. So that's my goal for the 2018 season. Absolutely. May I suggest talking about uh, <laughs> uh, the tour of Colorado or the 
uh, Colorado Classic is what they call it. Um, okay. It's a big like pro tour race. It's like a three day stage race, but they have like crits and stuff at the Valorama Festival. Oh, awesome! And a lot of the pro teams came out and raced the crits, the pro women, pro men. Like a bunch of uh, teams came out for it because the Colorado right. Classic's also happening. But right. it's so much fun because there's like a bunch of food trucks. There's concerts. Oh, that's so bad. Like last year, Death Cab for Cutie played, and uh, like a bunch of stuff. It's... Oh my gosh, I haven't heard, I haven't listened to that band since like grade nine. Right. <laughs> it was really cool, like because I raced in the fixed gear category like earlier in the day, and then I went out and watched Death Cab for Cutie. It was so fun. Oh, that is awesome! What a fit, like what a great day. Yeah, it was wonderful, and then, uh, and then you, we got to you know see all the pro teams like you know hanging out by the crit course and yeah it was cool <laughs> that's really cool sounds yeah. like you had a great time yeah exactly i For will the... <laughs> definitely write that down because it's just a fun weekend in general um, yeah and i want to see colorado so that might work perfectly absolutely mm-hmm. but that's cool to see that you're doing a lot of crits and stuff i'm interested to see um how your teams do i think it's going to be really great i think it's going to be great too i'm really excited to see how we all go do you have anything else to say before we head out? Um, cheer for Team Standard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, you know what? This has been an incredible um, chat, Josh. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Absolutely. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to do this. <laughs> All right, that does it for another episode of Save the Track Bike. I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. If you like this podcast, leave a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Share it with your friends. Visit us on Instagram at Save the Track Bike. SaveTheTrackBike.com is our website. Special shout out to our friends and partners in FixGearCrit.com. The music is Slag Girl by Vitamin Pets, and I'm your host, Joshua LeBure. We'll see you next time.